to Seven Skills for the Future podcast. This podcast is based on my book, Seven Skills for the Future, published by Pearson Business. And both book and podcast are all about developing and nurturing seven key skills. These skills are adaptability, empathy, critical thinking, integrity, being proactive, being optimistic and being resilient. And I 100% believe and know that when we nurture these skills and when we give them focus, our lives become much happier as a result. Our relationships are easier. We are likely doing work that we really enjoy and love and we just know how to manage ourselves in a much, much better way. And today I am talking to Catherine Leitney. Catherine is based in Berlin She is the daughter of a Hungarian refugee who participated in the 1956 revolution. And she is Canadian and a very successful and highly accomplished communications coach. Catherine specialises in intercultural communication. And we talk in this podcast about how you bring your cultural, intercultural awareness or non-awareness to just about every single encounter that you can possibly have. And that that's both important when you're living and working in another country, when you're traveling, but also in your in your own environment. Um, we link this to integrity and we talk about how this ties in with values and, and what makes a really great communicator. And I love talking to Catherine because she is so passionate about her, her work and she's so knowledgeable. So... I hope you enjoy the interview today. And if you are loving this podcast, please post a review because it really helps with rankings. So whatever platform you're listening to this on, I'm really grateful if you could take the time to post a review about the podcast. And thanks for listening. Welcome back to Seven Skills for the Future podcast. And today I'm delighted to be welcoming Catherine Leitney from Berlin to the podcast. Thank you so much, Catherine, for coming along today. Hi, I'm Sue. Thank you so much for having me. So I'm really interested to talk to Catherine about her work in intercultural communication and coaching because she uses and links a lot of what she does to integrity and of course because that's one of the seven skills I'm really interested to get her angle on how that fits and works with communication so so Catherine tell us more about your work Oh, thanks for asking, Emma Sue. So um, I've been working with international clients um, for about 13 years. Of course, most of my clients are German, but I also have a few from around the world. And one of the things that became clear to me over the years is that when um, people need support in communicating because they, they're meeting some roadblocks, it's oftentimes not just the English that they're speaking as this lingua franca or this international language, but it's also the intercultural skills. And it's also about how people feel when they're sort of unmoored from their culture. Mm-hmm. And one thing I've learned is that I mean, I don't, I don't think there's a a measurable amount, but I would say roughly half of the way that we communicate is through cultural references. Mm. 
And so when you're, as I said, unmoored from your culture, you lose already half of the way you're communicating plus you're doing it in a foreign language. So there's a lot of insecurity and inner sort of agitation that happens. So the coaching is aimed at, first of all, getting people to feel and express themselves, to feel authentic and to express themselves authentically when they're speaking international English. Mm -hmm. And then also to be aware of how culture is functioning in them and how culture functions in the people they're speaking to. Mm-hmm. Okay, so when you say unmoored from your culture, um, is, do you mean simply because you're speaking in a different language to your own? Is that what you mean? You're away well, from your country, or yeah? So there's there's a language, there's a language, but there's also just um, just the the sets of values and modes of expression that come from from your culture, which turns out often to be very very local. I'll give you a very simple example. Um, my brothers and I grew up in the era of the Simpsons. So when we think the other person is not getting something or, or they say something really obvious, we say, duh. <laughs> and that would not work, obviously, um, in cultures that have no concept of the Simpsons. Yeah. Right. And so, so you have to, you have to really be sensitive to what other people's parameters are. And then you, I think what's important is just to find ways in yourself to say, okay, I can't use those references, but what's going to come out is something that's me nonetheless. And so if they're, if English is not their native language, but that's the language that they have to speak for their international business or international operations, um, that they don't master the language that they're using to express themselves. Mm-hmm. But I guess that applies to everybody because um, even if English is your native tongue, you're still going to be communicating with other people using English. So it's, it's not just for... Um, it's not just for non-native speakers, right? That's right. I mean, I, so far I haven't coached um, native speakers and I'd be very interested in doing that. In fact, a, a colleague of mine in London, who, <clears throat> uh, in a very different sector, um, when I told him about what I do in terms of trying to create a sense of equality and mutual understanding in international settings, he said, I would love to take part in that kind of workshop because he's noticed himself, even as a Brit, that there are intercultural misunderstandings that arise simply because of cultural difference, not mm-hmm. necessarily because of linguistic differences. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure those happen all the time because we we use those parameters. To, well, we make assumptions based on those parameters, right? Totally. So, yeah. yeah. That's why another thing, I mean, one of the the things I actually have a little video about this, but um, what I really advise people as the most important skill that you can bring to intercultural communication is politeness. And the reason for that is that the politeness you show to a person is a measure of your respect for their dignity as a human being. And so even if unintentionally you transgress that parameter or that standard, what you're doing is you're transgressing their sense of dignity. And that can really ruin um, a budding relationship very easily. Mm. You see, for me, when I hear you say that, um, it it does actually link to empathy for me, because um, in order to be able to 
um, be sensitive in, in the way that you're talking about, it does require you to be really paying attention, really in the moment, really listening, and this kind of awareness um, of the other yes. person. Yes, no, you're, you're actually, you're really, you're totally right. Because I think also one of the skills that I, um, I train in my workshops is exactly the ability to not only decipher verbal, but also nonverbal signals. And you are right that this looking and hearing and sort of interpreting what does that pause mean? What, what does it mean that there's, you know, maybe stepping away or stepping forward? Yes, you're right. I think empathy, that, that, um, acute awareness is definitely part of intercultural training. Mm. But you see, I, I also think that's one of the things that's really hard for us because we, well, our awareness is not great. You know, we're rushing around all the time. (laughs) We're crazy. We're, We're not, I mean, I'm sure you must come across that in your sessions. You must come across people who are just find it hard to really be in the moment. Um, to be present. To be present, yeah. Mm. I'm trying to think. You know, I think I've been in some ways very fortunate because um, I would say German culture and certainly the clients that I have had here aren't so driven by this hectic need to, you know, to, to get forward in the rat race. I think there are luckily still a lot of mechanisms in um, German society that main, that help maintain an okay work-life balance. So it's not really so much what I have found the being in the moment, although of course everyone can benefit from that. It's really more about raising awareness of you know, when something seems unfamiliar, that doesn't necessarily mean bad. And it doesn't mean you need to shy away from it. That's when you should be uh, exercising curiosity. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. then, and then with that empathy, I think empathic curiosity is the key to good communication. And can you tell us a bit about how you how you do that? How do you use that in your coaching? How do you, or in your workshops? How do I use um, empathy and curiosity? Yeah. How do you, how do you help people to, um, you know, how do you help people to raise their awareness of those, of those skills and to use those skills? Well, I do some role playing because what's um, so far what's been difficult is that very often when I'm I'm doing this at my my existing clients, so they know each other um, if yeah. in company. So you have to do some role playing, and um, but you, there are also exercises. I'm a I'm a certified ORSC coach. That's an ICF um, certified program in um, coaching, which is systems coaching. And so there are a lot of exercises just to, I think, help accentuate difference as Mm -hmm. a way of creating better bonds and links. So there are exercises that you can do. For example, you just pull some tape on the ground and you make a kind of Mercedes sign or or a peace sign. And it's my world, your world, our world. Mm -hmm. And when, when people really start to unpack who they are, that often becomes quite surprising. And then mm-hmm. you invite the other person into your world to get a feeling a little bit of what that space is like. And then the other person has their turn doing it. 
And then after that sort of mutual recognition, you, you create a third space, which is our world. So how do you want to now create a space or a world or a, an office, for example, um, with the, this combined knowledge of what makes us as people tick? Because, of course, intercul- I'm, just, I'm sure you're, you're aware of intercultural communication is really, at the end of the day, interpersonal communication. Mm-hmm. Right. Of course it is. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So how, how do they respond to that kind of exercise when you, when you do that? They like it. Um, I was very lucky because uh, I've done it with uh, software programmers and controllers and people in finance departments. So they're not always really used as kind of creative thinking outside the box, but it creates a lot of aha moments. I bet it does. Yeah, I bet it does. It really does. And and I think a lot of people in more traditional industries are still surprised that um, your work atmosphere improves when personal relationships are warmer, more human, more personal. And, it, and it's such an obvious thing, isn't it? Well, maybe it's obvious to us. <laughs> <laughs> We're so advanced. Yes. <laughs> yeah, no, I think it is really interesting because uh, I, I feel I often feel also with the work I do, I think, well, isn't this obvious? But then I realize actually, uh, it's not, it's not. And um, it's about, I, I guess it's also about what you do every day. Um, and how you bring some of these things into your day to day actions and your thinking yeah. and your, your, your awareness. Yeah. yeah. I mean, for me, it's a lot, a lot of it has to do with my upbringing and, and this is sort of a, I mean, it, it shouldn't be a point of pride, but it kind of is. I grew up on a street of about 18 or 20 homes with 12 different nationalities on it. And that was just one street. I could go two streets down and then there were a bunch of other nationalities. So I was going from one friend's house um, and having, you know, tandoori chicken for dinner. The next day, I, yeah, I mean, this is really kind of what happened. It would be empanadas, a third day Wiener schnitzel. And as kids, because it was a nice, thriving young neighborhood, we would all just play together. And what's amazing as children, of course, you know, you go from one home to the other and you just adapt to the customs because, you know, you think, well, this is what the grownups here tell me to do, you know, <laughs> yeah. and I had a Lebanese friend and, you know, I mean, it's funny that these examples are all based on food, which you can sort of see one of, one of my main <laughs> values, but I mean, it was really, we'd, we'd sit around at the dinner table and we would just take pita bread and eat from the common pot in the middle of the table. And so, so, I mean, it's, I, I'm reducing it to food, but of course it was a lot more than that. So when as a child already, you're used to navigating different cultures, that's something that you just, you grow up with. Mm-hmm. And Montreal, where I was born and raised is, is a really fantastic city because you have all the cultures in the world. And Canada is different from the U.S. in the sense that it's not the melting pot. We don't want to, you know, bring people from other countries and just melt them in into, you know, Americans. We cherish the cultural mosaic of all the different backgrounds. Mm. So, it, so yeah. No one, so no wonder you're doing the work that you do now. Yeah, I that. mean, it, it's kind of one line, very much so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk a little bit about um, integrity and authenticity, because yeah. I know that these are uh, really important parts of yeah. your work. Yeah. So 
I mean, I, I'm a little bit, uh, I, I, <laughs> I try not to, to broadcast this, but I am a little bit critical of this sort of rampant consumer capitalism that we live in that is, that defines our, our current economy. And I am of the opinion that a lot of it, a lot of this sort of self-promotion that you see, a lot of the selfies and, and, you know, the social media are all about presenting a certain image and it doesn't really matter what stands behind that image. And for me and my values, I think we need to do the opposite. I think we should not focus so much on image, but really focus on um, a behavior that honors relationships. So first of all, you have to have some values. I think that's also really important. And then you have to communicate those values and stand by those values. So Brene Brown talks about that. She says, you know, integrity is not just something you preach. It's, it's having values and mm-hmm. acting according to them. And yeah. And I think that's really important. Yes. But how, do, how do you, um, work out what your values are? Well, that, that's really interesting because that also links into authenticity. So that it's not exactly the same, but it links into it. I think, I think we all owe it to ourselves to take some time out, you know, be it a, a chunk of time in our lives or a part of the day to connect with ourselves and say, this is what's important to me. This is less so. And I want to live according to this. If, if you're a person who thinks, you know, relationships are important and it is important to be connected, then I think there are a series of values and principles that develop from that, from that feeling and that, that core value. And I, I think you can't say that connection and relationships are important and then not act in a respectful way towards others. Yeah, so I can see how with values, um, you do have to delve quite deep, don't you? Because you can easily sort of say to yourself, well, this is something I really value, like generosity or or kindness or, you know, whatever the value might be. But but in actual fact, if that's not present or visible in your, I don't know, your everyday life, then it's probably not really a value or it needs to be strengthened. Well, or, yeah, yeah. exactly. I mean, it's, it's really interesting. I think like values and... Um, there's there's so much to be said. I mean, this is you know you can you can literally write books on this topic. Uh, the the Slovenian philosopher Slavoj Žižek talks about the mask and how the mask you project. Everyone says like, oh, this the mask that you project is this false fake thing, and he argues against that. And and so, so if I could riff on off of what he says. Sometimes we project these values and we, we do believe in them, but we don't necessarily know how to connect that to something deeper inside us. So some of, I mean, I, this is, I mean, this could also be a topic for like year long therapy, but, um, if, if, you know, if you can make it in a more day-to-day way, this can also emerge in the coaching. And there are ways of taking a time out for yourself in the coaching space and externalizing things that are important to you, things that are of value to you. And a lot of that just has to do a little bit with what you were saying too about like, you know, coming to yourself and taking that moment. 
And if you can take that moment and say, you know what, this value, generosity, for example, or compassion is really important to me and it resonates with something inside me, then I'm going Mm -hmm. to put that to the fore. If, I mean, I also know yeah. people, for example, and, and which I respect just as much who would say, you know, empathy and compassion aren't that important to me. I know very successful business people <laughs> who got to their positions exactly because they did not have many social skills. But if they tell me honesty and respect are very high values for me, I can work with that. And I I respect that as well. Mm -hmm. But I think you have to Mm -hmm. know what they are and you have to let other people know what they are and allow them to respond. I really like that. I think that's that's such a valuable um, tool to, to give people. Um, to give them that space to explore that. Yeah, I mean, and I think, again, and then that that then brings it really, really back to integrity because I think if you are transparent about who you are and what's important to you, then you what happens with that is that you give people the free choice to decide how they want to deal with that. And if you don't mm. do that, and if you don't let people know what you're values are and and what really drives you that can be a trap for people Mm -hmm. and I don't think that's okay do you think values are uh, I mean are they do they transcend cultures oh that's interesting um I think I think there there are some there definitely is some values that are universal but they will be expressed through their culture so um, mm-hmm. uh, in this, I gave a, a talk at a BSIG conference actually in, in October. So that's a conference for business English trainers and um, English as a foreign language or English as a lingua franca. And I talked about intercultural communication. And one of the points I raise is that you're never truly free from culture. You're never a blank slate but I, I would say, yes, I think the, the, those things that happen between human beings, you know, when a mother smiles at her child as the most basic mm-hmm. example, that happens in every mm-hmm. culture, but things will, will, everything around it will be particular to a culture. Yeah, but I think we, that there's probably um, strong moments of connection, you know, uh, which are universal. So that recognition, like you say, a, a, a mother with her child, and that and that tenderness that that is a th- that's something that that, that yeah, connects us. I think, I think. something yeah. like that connects yeah, us. For yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Tell us what else you're doing. I know you you um, often have interesting little videos up on <laughs> LinkedIn. Um, yeah. What are those? Can you tell us about those? So those videos, um, the early days, my salad days about a year ago, um, I was making videos, a little bit of tips about uh, learning English. And now I'm talking much more about factors and facets in intercultural communication. So Mm -hmm. as I said, the the politeness video, um, I have one video on the topic of meta communication. So if you're communicating with someone, particularly if you're using English as uh, the foreign language for both of you, and you've noticed that you're sort of not understanding each other, you're understanding the words, but not really the meaning, um, then it's good to take a step out of that moment and say, you know, and explore why we're not understanding each other. Mm -hmm. 
create a common basis for understanding and then return into the communication. Oh, I, I really like that. I, I think that's something that's so valuable for, well, anybody really. <laughs> I, love, I mean, oh God. Yeah. Yes, yeah. definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Cause I think when we, when we have a situation where we don't, we're not communicating well with somebody, um, it's so easy to just kind of fall into, um, well, I guess sort of default behavior and not, yes. not actually say, okay, let's, let's look at this. Let's create a space. Let's find how we can actually communicate well, but, but, but it's almost like you're not allowed to do that somehow. It feels like that anyway, in, in certain organizations. Well, yeah, I, yeah, totally. I mean, if the climate is really competitive and aggressive, then yeah, it will, it will really be hard. I mean, so this is also where it gets back to, to this coaching, um, school, if you will, that I did. It's called Orsk Coaching, Organization Relationship Systems Coaching. And it focuses on groups and organizations or teams and departments, things like this. And one of the things that happens at the beginning of a coaching session is the question gets asked, what kind of climate or atmosphere do we want to create? And mm -hmm. what are the values of our communication? You know, so people will throw out respect, listening, mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, non-action, action, non-judgment, action, non curiosity, exploration, things like this. So once, and, and the thing is, what's really interesting about that is everything is a question of articulation. Mm -hmm. No, once you, you articulate those ideas and those, in a sense, those feelings or those states of mind, then people can access them. I think what's happening is we're pushing away all those ideas mm -hmm. in order to be more productive and, you know, win, win, win and profitable mm -hmm. and things like this. Mm -hmm. Really interesting. So how can we find out more about what you do? Can you tell our listeners, um, details about your website, your LinkedIn profile, the book that you're going to write one day. I hope. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for that encouragement. Yes, um, absolutely. So there's my YouTube channel. I will send you all the links. It's probably the easiest way because I've actually forgotten what all of these, the, the, the specificities of my uh, LinkedIn, my LinkedIn, I still know because it's my name, but the YouTube <laughs> channel and my blog, I think it's my blog is bespokeninternational.org wordpress.com and the blog the blog to be honest because I, I was always uh, I have a weak spot for reading and writing and the blog is almost what gives me the most joy in my work mm. um, and, and I think it's really interesting <laughs> well I have to I, I have to say I have um, read a couple of your blogs and I read them and I think my gosh this is like this is like a chapter of a book <laughs> thanks <laughs> so, uh, yeah I think that I can think it could definitely be turned into a book but we'll make sure that we have all those links in the show notes so that you can um, access um, Catherine's website and her blogs and her videos and I strongly encourage you to do so and delve more deeply into this topic and Catherine thank you so much for being on the show today it's been wonderful having you Emma Sue thank you so much for inviting me it was a real pleasure Thank you for listening to the seven skills for the future podcast 
There are all sorts of things you can do to boost each of the seven skills. If you want more ideas, you can buy the book, Seven Skills for the Future. You can also go online to our website, Unimenta, and join as a member, and you'll be able to access more resources, ideas, and free downloads. If you have a question you want to ask on these podcasts, get in touch through Instagram at 7 Skills for the Future or on Twitter and Facebook at Unimenta. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or your podcast player of choice. Thank you.